Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by Royal Holloway's Shakespeare Society. You join me, Cassie Dixon. And me, Jack Hardman, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Bard Times. I'm Cassie Dixon, I will be your host for today as we dive into Western cinematic adaptations of Shakespeare and discuss how the medium itself has been utilised. Joining me today are Eleanor Rutter and Connor McLennan. Welcome! Hi! Hi! Very excited to be here. That's great to hear. Um, So you're both very closely involved with theatrical and Shakespearean performance, acting, directing, behind the scenes. Um, We'll be discussing the realm of theatre in a little bit, but I just wanted to ask first, because Shakespeare is so universal and film is so versatile, what do you think cinematic adaptations can give audiences that theatre perhaps can't? Um, So what I would say is that Shakespeare's language is so rich and vivid that the visual language of cinematography provides, I think, more freedom to explore the manifestation of Shakespeare's imagery than the physical restrictions of working in a live theatre space. Um, And I'd say as well, film's ability to get up close and to access and explore the interior spaces of characters arguably makes it easier Um, to allow for the closer examination of complex psychologies present in many of Shakespeare's characters in a way that perhaps is more difficult um, in in theatre. And kind of along similar lines in terms of like full immersion, because obviously when you're in a theatre, you can be immersed because you can see the stage and sometimes you can see um, the, the backstage and things like that. Whereas when you're at the cinema, it's just, it's so encompassing, I find personally. So... What do you think are the, the key differences in watching a filmed stage production and uh, a filmed cinematic production? I think there's something to be said for like audience participation and engagement. Like when you're at the theatre, they are acting to you mm. um, and like playing off you and there is a level of interaction. If they see that you like a joke, they'll bring it back or if, or if they, you like a gag or a bit they'll bring that back on film it's very much you just have the say the two hours and it's a different kind Mm. of interaction with you I think that's a very key difference Mm. I think there's far less scope with filmed stage productions compared to actual cinema and film to play around with time and perspective Um, I think that's the big thing is is that you can't kind of theatre is a single continuous run even if it the production itself is moving through time the audience experiences it as a single stretch. I think that it results in different experience, um, a different experience of watching a cinematic adaptation as opposed to a staged adaptation that has been filmed, like a National Theatre Live experience, for example. So I think that's that's a big difference. I absolutely agree. Um, it, it is a completely different experience compared to watching something um, on film. And uh, like you said, Eleanor, the audience participation is a huge aspect of Shakespeare. It, it always has been um, ever since it was first put on. So to take that away when you're watching cinema is, it's it's quite disheartening in, in a way because you're not getting the, the roundedness of the text and and the interaction between the actors and the audience that, that make up what it is to watch a piece of Shakespeare. Then again, I, I'm, not, I'm not really saying that theatrical performances are better, but... It is a completely different experience, as you said. Um, so as two people who have worked on uh, 
theatrical and cinematic adaptations of Shakespeare, do you think the presence of stage actors or directors or any crew members are needed for those cinematic adaptations? For example, um, Kenneth Branagh's films, would you consider them good cinematic adaptations of Shakespeare or are they just simply good adaptations? No, <laughs> is the short answer. Um, I I disagree with the sentiment that stage actors or directors are a necessity to produce good adaptations, full stop, but good cinematic adaptations of Shakespeare. Whilst, yes, having people um, who understand what makes Shakespeare work and what makes it tick and how that can be successfully adapted regardless of medium is useful. I don't think that's restricted to to people who work on stage. I don't think people who work in theatre or work on stage have some sort of deeper innate understanding of Shakespeare that people who don't lack. I, yeah. I, I don't think I think that's actually quite an elitist perspective. My thoughts on Branagh's films, for example, I think whilst they're competently made and acted, in some cases very well acted, looking at you, Emma Thompson, um, <laughs> in Much Ado, um, there's something for me as a lover of film, as well as theatre, there's something very safe and very soft about these adaptations. Yeah, I know what you mean. For me personally, yeah. For me personally, there's no bite. Like they're, they're not trying to say anything. It's more, for me personally, it's more a matter of replication than it is like rethinking it. Um, and I think whilst in some ways Branagh's productions are more accessible than other adaptations, um, I think actually in others they're less uh, accessible as films because of the style of acting used, um, the focus on Shakespeare's text, which what Shakespeare's text is fantastic, that there are kind of clashes between how language um, and cinematography work, like what, where's the focus? And I think that the cinematography is flat and unimaginative, to be honest. <laughs> and I think that it would have been better had there been a, a more experienced film director who had a better eye for cinematography and framing. Hmm. High praise there for Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we stand. <laughs> do we? <laughs> um, um, I do agree with all that. Um, one thing I would say, though, is kind of it depends what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, so Connor did kind of make the distinction between if it's for, like, high school, secondary school, slash if it's just for enjoyment. I think there is a difference in having stage, someone with stage experience present. So... I do find when I was studying it, Kenneth Branagh's version of Much Ado, because it was slightly more hyperbolic I and staged, I personally found that easier. I wouldn't necessarily watch it for fun because I thought it was a beautiful film. Whereas like Ophelia, the, the 2018 film, I would just watch that for fun. Like it's so gorgeous. It That's is. very much more of a cinematic view than it is a theatrical view. So I think there's a difference in kind of what you're achieving um, and kind of what comes across when you have a stage presence versus um, more of a cinematic presence. I agree. So do you think along those lines, are there any challenges in translating um, the original text um, onto the screen for you? I think there's, I think there's a lot of challenges, especially in terms of um, language. Um, and if you think of screen as something that's very modern and it's people, people are going to watch it, it's more for, or it's more accessible. So going to the mm. theatre is still very much people that only like theatre, whereas someone could just see 
like 10 things I hate about you, for example, on um, TV and just be like, yeah, I'll watch that. So there is like, there's a different level of engagement and there's a different level of who watches it and it's not just academic anymore. And I think one of the really big challenges is changing the language so that it's anyone can watch it. But then you do have the thing of, well, if you're changing the text, are you still doing Shakespeare or are you just taking the core ideas and making something new? So it's a very tricky line to tread. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree. I think I remember reading 70% of the original Shakespearean text will be cut when it's transferred over to the screen. So I I agree that language is a key factor in, in how to approach Shakespearean text for the screen. And then there comes into play the question of, do we use the Shakespearean text or do we translate it into modern day language and why? And does that take away anything from the original text? Does it add anything? Um, Connor, what do you think? Um, I know I would completely agree with all of that. I think that um, language is a huge issue because film is an inherently visual medium. And what that means is that the, the, the language and the text of Shakespeare doesn't necessarily comply with a lot of film audiences' expectations of what film is obviously film is a very broad medium that there are huge there's a huge amount of diversity as to um, the style of film but for as you would say kind of mainstream audiences who you might be trying to make Shakespeare's work accessible to um, there are questions around across how you can put it into a, a style um, that that audience can engage with. You can either try to naturalize the text through through cutting the script down and maybe even replacing the original text with modern prose, uh, like in a film such as O. Um, or you could actually lean into less naturalistic styles of film, um, such as the French New Wave, German Expressionism, Symbolism and Surrealism, uh, if you want to kind of dive into the fantastical, vivid imagery present in the text and kind of try and get away from realism. Like you, there are options available, but you have to think about how you plot that route out. Because otherwise, if you just try to put the text as it is into film, there's a possibility that it might clash with audiences' expectations or, or what they're used to, if that makes sense, which isn't necessarily bad. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the mention of French New Wave and German Expressionism, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, so going on the lines of what you just said about the visual, do you think, um, in the sense of getting the most out of the medium itself, do you think cinema has utilised Shakespeare's original texts? Because, you know, we, we have those simple stage-to-screen adaptations like Zeffirelli's Taming of the Shrew, um, but then you have um, cinematic reworkings and you can translate them into completely different genres, um, like Forbidden Planet being a, a space adaptation of um, of a... a the the tempest so do you think those simple stage to screen adaptations can work just as well as those cinematic reworkings i think they work just as well but something i would say about reworkings is that you can do so much with kind of in the background or you can costume wise if you're doing ophelia for example you can make her wear things that are just covered in flowers and you know it's Mm. ophelia because of that kind of link back to the text so i think in Um, more adapted, less direct from stage to screen versions, you can do so much kind of semiotically and just putting in like little hints back to the script. And that's always quite an interesting 
way of doing it, I think, and being like, look, it's still the text, it's just a different version. I don't think it's limiting, but I think you do sometimes miss the opportunity to be slightly more creative with it and put in little references, because it is literally just, here's the stage version, here's the screen version, and you kind of almost do like a, a comparison, like, oh, well, that looked better on stage, so maybe you should have just left it on stage kind of thing. <laughs> um, I, I agree. So with a few of the films that we've just mentioned, there has been a, a tradition almost, especially in the 90s, of translating Shakespeare into a high school setting, which I think is is just amazing. Um, so with films like 10 Things I Hate About You, She's the Man, and Oh, do you think they're, they're good adaptations? What do you think of the translating of, uh, of Shakespearean settings into school settings? Do you think that... Do you think they add or detract anything from the original text? Um, speaking for myself here, I really love these adaptations. Um, I, I love them as, as a, I suppose, a subgenre, uh, you could say, high school Shakespeare. Um, both in and of themselves as films, but also like as adaptations of Shakespeare. I think um, they're all really well paced. Um, they're all, I mean, maybe less so now, but certainly when I watched them when I was younger, they were very current they were very relatable and they were very accessible. Um, and I thought they did a very good job of translating the original stories into modern high school settings. And that through this transformation, they were able to kind of use high schools as a microcosm for wider society. Um, and through that, explore the same kind of core elements of the human experience that Shakespeare did in his original works, but in a way that kind of, hit for me as a, a, a modern audience member um kind of hit me and actually made an impact in a way that if i was just listening to the same ideas explored in the original text and i wasn't a shakespeare nerd who understood every word um that maybe it wouldn't have um so yeah no i i absolutely love love these adaptations yeah um i, th I mean 10 things i hate about you is one of my all-time favorite films um but again, from a personal perspective, I'm a very visual learner. So kind of having mm. something that when I then came to study the text, I could translate to, I can be like, oh, okay, this is Julia Stiles. So then in my head, it just made everything so much more clearer because I could see like who it was for myself. Um, so I think it does really help from a learning perspective as well. And especially as because it's because it is modern people can then be like oh okay so this roughly translates to like from an experience point of view okay this is today what that was back then like that's our version of it today people aren't getting kind of married off at 18 by their parents so you have to find a way to get younger audiences to understand it so I think putting mm -hmm. it in a high school setting and being like okay don't think of it that way think of it as like your football team's just been cut like that's the that's the translation that's the benchmark for today so then people can be like oh okay I understand it more because it's kind of an experience I can relate to yeah I think there's something so timeless about Shakespeare and the fact that they're able to translate them over into this this high school setting it, it not only emphasizes that timelessness but it also makes it so much easier for younger generations to access the text and and the stories and a lot of the time when you watch these films you don't realize they're adaptations of Shakespeare so 10 things I hate about you an adaptation of the taming of the shrew 
She's the Man is an adaptation of Twelfth Night, and O is an adaptation of Othello. They are all set in a high school um, environment, but because these plays have quite adult themes, do you think that these films specifically are perhaps guilty of oversimplifying these complex issues? Um, or do you think they do what's needed in order to reach younger audiences? Yeah, I was just I was just thinking about O mm-hmm. um, in particular is one that always I do kind of think about a lot in terms of I've I never felt like empathy or anything like that for Othello mm. until I watched O. And there was something about the fact that he was so young that just really, I mean, like, he kills his wife, but I felt something for him, and I was like, this isn't right. Because <laughs> like, sh- he's he's just, he's like, he's crying. He's saying, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And there's just something about that that really hit me in a yeah. way that having seen it on stage when it's like an adult man had never done before. And so I think, like, the, the age change in O is just does change the plot not completely but there's something fundamental about that change that affects how I viewed it I'm like I shouldn't feel sorry for him but I really do and then I feel bad about that because he's just killed his girlfriend and I'm like that's (laughs) wrong I think sometimes it does fundamentally change the reaction to the plot Mm. no I completely agree with that um I think this might be a bit of a side note but I think there are a lot of there are a lot of unfair negative connotations that are associated with the the so-called simplification of texts yeah. because and, and I think there's a, a certain element of snobbery in it because Shakespeare's texts operate on loads of levels on one level you have his bawdy jokes right he's just downright rude in places <laughs> he's playing to the lowest common denominator then you have his levels of contemporary political commentary on current wars, current social strife, um, current rulers. Um, and then he has his deeper explorations of human psychology and nature, which we appreciate now, but most audience members might not have appreciated then. So his work exists on all of those levels. And I don't think that, that there should be any shame or guilt associated in choosing to focus upon one of those levels as opposed to all of them at once. I, I think that it, it, depending upon your intention, there can be a lot of advantages to distilling, not simplifying, but distilling down the ideas within the text that you want to focus on in a shorter runtime usually, um, and to sp- specify that to um, an audience, to, to a specific audience. For example, um, in She's the Man, I think that by placing that story in a high school setting where you have Viola dealing with issues of of identity um, in, in a setting where everybody's struggling with their identity. High school is one of those places where everybody's still trying to find themselves. It's often a place when you're considering kind of queerness within the original text and then queerness and adaptation. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there in terms of the exploration of the development of queer identities in high school. Mm. It's that period in life where a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people um, find that in themselves and and have to struggle with it and have to struggle with that in that social setting. And so I think that by placing um, She's the Man in there, although you might lose certain aspects um, of, of the text that don't quite fit with that particular setting, it allows you to, to, to drill down more deeply into the themes that you do want to drill down into. And I think that 
that there shouldn't be necessarily uh, a sense of guilt shame in that. There's a enough room in the world for as many Shakespeare adaptations as we like, and each one can focus on something different. Just because one adaptation misses out one aspect of the text's meaning, does it, there's another adaptation just down the road that has that in it. So you can find all of the meaning in Shakespeare's text in this wide array of adaptation, and it's okay if not every adaptation includes everything, I think. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to be said on that, um, especially with the deeply rooted elitism that seems to be associated with theatre and Shakespeare, um, which is completely stupid because of how audiences or how diverse the audiences would have been in um, Elizabethan England. And, you know, you had people from all walks of life there. You had prostitutes, you had um, pickpockets, you had... Um, lower class people you had upper class people people who who just went to the theater to be seen you know um it's it, it was very much a social event and going back to what we said at the beginning that audience participation that that's kind of what what was needed back then to engage but with with these films i i think i think the watering down of these texts shouldn't be uh, associated with some sort of stigma because they do a good job but unfortunately these aren't typically the films you see shown in schools. Um, so do, do you think that they, they should be the ones that are being shown in schools instead of um, Zeffirelli's period dramas or uh, the classic Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet? Or anything other than Romeo and Juliet, basically. <laughs> I have a real issue with the way that Shakespeare is taught in schools. Oh, yeah. Don't think that it's taught kind of correctly. I mean, I'm not a teacher. I can't claim to know but I do think other than me everyone in my class hated Shakespeare because we didn't I think it would have helped if we'd say watched 10 things I hate about you and then watched a a, a different film version of the Taming of the shrew and so you could do that comparison and then I think people would have been more engaged whereas if you just stick on like a the three-hour Zeffirelli Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton. Is that the right way around? Yeah. Yeah. If you just stick on that film and it's like three hours long and everyone was bored out of their mind, I loved it. But the teacher was just kind of like, this is Shakespeare. And I was like, well, no, that's limiting. Mm. Like, there's so much you can do with Shakespeare. You can't just be like, this three hour film is every Shakespeare experience because then everyone hated it. It's, it's such a shame. I said the exact same thing as you in the previous episode because school systems just don't have the ability to access and um, engage younger audiences with Shakespeare. You know, you have to go to the theatre, you have to see it for yourself, you have to see how diverse and and um, inclusive it is for yourself, because if you just go by what you're shown in class, you, you know, you, you're, you're going to have these misconceptions of Shakespeare in you for the rest of your life, I think, uh, unless you choose to do something about it. I, I completely agree with both of you. I think um, one of the few times that the rest of my classes would engage with Shakespeare um, was when we were performing it. We never touched Shakespeare in drama. The only time we touched it was in English literature. And it was only when we actually got it up in its on its feet and we had people reading it out. People started to find the humour in it. People started to find the emotion in it. People started to understand it. Even if they didn't understand every word, they began to connect with the text. Um, so I completely agree that I, I think having adaptations such as these, as these would be immensely useful to, to students um, in schools. Definitely, I agree. 
So for personal recommendations, which cinematic Shakespearean adaptations do you think would help reach students more? Or which films do you think should be shown in schools? I do think the three we've just been talking about are really good, especially, um, oh, I think in schools, I think would have a massive impact, um, especially in terms of like understanding Othello in a modern context. Also ones that are from like a different point of view so like Ophelia yeah. I mean I never studied Hamlet but um someone I knew from another school did and they Ophelia was always just kind of this character that they don't really look at mm. so much more to her within the text that just kind of gets pushed aside a lot and recently there has been a lot of more exploration of her especially with them I think Katie Mitchell did a, a version of Ophelia um I think it was in German that she did it or something like that and it was just about Ophelia and that was on stage and um, I found a couple of clips on YouTube that was really interesting so I think there are ways of bringing in other points of view into schools as well and being like oh have you ever considered this character they might be quite interesting to look at as well. Um, I genuinely think and this might be a bit out of left field but I genuinely think that the BBC's The Hollow Crown adaptations of Richard II through Henry VI are really good examples of how to cinematically adapt Shakespeare, but in a way that is is maybe more directly rooted in the text and therefore might be more useful um, in the next step um, of study for students, having had these kind of quite more modern accessible adaptations, um, moving into more deep textual analysis, because these adaptations preserve a huge proportion of Shakespeare's original texts um, which makes them really useful in the context of studying it and saying English lit because you can hear good actors speaking the text. So you get a sense of it as a, as a conversation and as dialogue as opposed to big kind of sections of text on a page. Um, and because they also preserve rather than challenge the the themes and the core ideas and the characters of Shakespeare's original texts, that's useful for study because they can directly relate Um, the presentation of those themes and characters to the text itself. So, for example, when you're reading Henry V, you can imagine um, Tom Hiddleston as Henry V and you can take him and his presentation of that character and apply it to your analysis in a way that perhaps you couldn't with a more radical, less text-rooted adaptation. Definitely. I think the education system as a whole, not just higher education, could definitely benefit from showing students a variety of adaptations in order to raise the chances of uh, furthered accessibility. I also hate to end it there, but unfortunately we have run out of time in today's episode. But join us next time for a continuance of Filming the Bard with both Eleanor and Connor returning. We'll be talking about the imaginative reworkings and the longevity of Shakespeare on film, so make sure you don't miss out. This has been Cassie Dixon. Stay safe, and in the words of the Bard himself, the fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool.